0: This has been brought to you by Lehman Productions as a part of the media and film department.
1: Welcome to Sir John Lehman High School's Crosscut, an interdepartment podcast that seeks to explore beyond the curriculum. Every week, Three teachers from totally different departments dig into concepts that unify the learning landscape. We want to think new things, ask new questions, and unearth the challenges of the future. Right, welcome, welcome everybody to the first ever episode of Crosscut. Um, So... We've got three lovely members of staff of Sir John Newman High School with us today. Um, If I could just ask you to say who you are, your name and what subjects you teach would be (laughs) a good start, I reckon. Um, So, Mrs Anderson. Well, I'm Mrs
2: Anderson and I'm Head
3: of Health and Social Care and that's what I teach.
0: I'm Mr Thurgar uh, and I teach Geography.
3: And I'm Miss Barnes and I'm Head of Psychology and Sociology.
1: Excellent. A lovely cross-section just to big up the metaphor (laughs) of the title of the podcast. Um, Right, so um, the format that we're going to cover today is just to give you guys each a little bit of time just to kind of talk about what globalisation means in your subject um, and then we're going to open it up and and have a bit of a chat really um, and hopefully um, find a, a few links across the curriculum um So I guess we'll just go with the same order that we just introduced ourselves with. So, uh, Mrs. Anderson, uh, health and social care globalisation. Like, what what kind of things do you cover? What does it mean in terms of your subject?
2: Um, well, if we can think back, not that we want to, to the times of COVID, mm-hmm. let's think about that within the context of um, health, because globalisation obviously has got the bad side of spreading diseases um, because we now travel far and few between countries. So um, that's one um, aspect of globalisation. We probably could also um, put into there um, globalisation of medical medical people traveling from one country to another so that's a good thing um that we could think about in terms of um, health and social care so doctors and nurses at the time of the pandemic were also being used from one country to another once one country was learning about how the disease was progressing there, Mm -hmm. knowledge was shared and the same things were happening between um all over the world that's one way to think about it like that but also um going away from the pandemic we could also um think about the fact that we now have uh, the means to share technology doctors that can share their expertise so we can support the more poorer countries in the world. Yeah. Um, to I'm support glad you said medical. that because with my, yeah. cause my
1: subject being media and film, um, I was going to say, does that include the digital, digital revolution and, yeah. and how we can communicate better? I'm pretty sure, uh, this is a vague memory I've got of, where, of uh, watching a documentary series. I'm sure they mentioned that there's some sort of site like Diagnose Me um, and all these people had used this site um, and kind of anyone can get involved and... Um, it was their sort of journey to actually getting a, a diagnosis was quite interesting. But
2: Around um, the world, mm. yeah, that's really good. I hadn't mm. heard of that. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But yeah, that's just another great thing yep. about globalization. So you've got the good and the bad that's um, coming along with that. So that I mean, I was referred to that's referred to as um, workforce mobility is the posh name for that right, part yeah. of globalization. In the fact that you have this area where you can just keep traveling from one country to another and sharing good practice um, is really good. So for that, benefits there. Um, we could probably could also think about influence like diet. That would be something to think about, how globalisation is changing the way we eat and how we look at food. Right, um, so like how a lot of our food comes s- from so far away. Exactly, so healthiness of that. So I know people think about um, food miles and how th- um, food is travelling, but we've also got the fact that diets are changing because we now have access to more foods that's coming in from different countries. So the healthier aspect of the fruit and vegetables that are coming across, yep. um, vice versa. The way that food is grown... <laughs> It's also Mm -hmm. linked into that on a healthier lifestyle, so that's also globalisation. I know that um, the UEA and um, a large section of the University of East Anglia has now been given extra funding, haven't they, to build that um, entire ecosystem where they are looking at how we can grow um, food, wheats and grains in drought conditions. Right. Um, and I know they've just got big funding for that. So actually that's another part of globalisation when we think about the world's resources and how we are going to sustain ourselves in mm-hmm. the future, which links lovely to geography. And um, lots yeah, of other yeah, subjects, Mr. Third, like like not there's a great link um, to that. But of course it's all about how we're going to manage our... Our health and how we're going to be looking at supporting a, a, a global um increase in um life because we're all living longer mm-hmm. you know how are we going to sustain that in the future so that's quite interesting something's quite we can definitely put that into health and social care as well mm-hmm. so yeah so that's probably sort Great. of yeah good
1: good little sum up thank you well yeah that seems like a good segue straight on to miss Fergal with um geography. And I think that is the subject, you know, when you say globalisation, that's the first subject Mm. that sort of comes to mind, isn't it? It is
0: is the classic subject whenever you talk about globalisation. Um, We touch on it throughout the whole spec, really. So Key Stage 3, Key Stage 4 and 5. Although we mainly focus on Key Stage 5, we have a whole unit dedicated to globalisation, uh, which I'm currently teaching to both my Year 12 groups. Um, And it's a really diverse, wide-ranging units. So we talk about the emergence of trade blocks, such as the EU, and how the world has become more connected, not just through technology, but through the development of these trade blocks, encouraging free trade uh, and tariff-free trade. Um, and that, of course, then links to what uh, Ms. Sanson was talking about there about uh, uh how where we get our food from uh the fact that we can source our food from all around the world at mm-hmm. any time of year I'm really uh, in really much struggling not world. to say
1: brexit as you're talking <laughs> yeah. i feel like that's There's, a can yeah. of worms uh, <laughs> do we want to open it yeah it's, uh, i might get onto that in a bit yeah um,
0: but and it's not just that the production of food and the fact that food is more readily available throughout the year different types of food it covers so many other things in geography so the spread of this global culture uh, westernization it's sometimes referred to the fact that the west and particularly the u.s has a culture which is now permeating into different countries around the world uh, and increasingly in the developing world as well it's sort of seen as the uh, as a lifestyle to aspire to and that brings issues because the western culture and the way we consume things is not sustainable and that then links back to resource use and how far our food and products travel Um, and it's not just that there's other things as well so sort of straying away from the sustainability side of things we focus on uh, countries which are switched off from globalisation and switched on so for example a country like North Korea is very much switched off from the global world at the moment yeah or globalisation rather, uh, because of the political decisions that have been made. And in the past, we have seen countries uh, emerge into the wider world, like China in the late 70s with their open door policy. They were very much switched off and now they're, you would say, switched on Mm -hmm. to globalisation. There's huge amounts of trade that flow through China. And, you know, everything you pick up nowadays is made in China, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it, it really, you know countries' role, whether they're switched on or off, can change dramatically.
1: Well, that's really interesting to me. Again, I can't help but bring my sort of media perspective because you sort of think, well, in then in other aspects and this sort of veers away into sociology a little bit, but so then I think about them still trying to keep a grip on social media, for example, Absolutely. and keep a certain amount kind of yeah. closed in, that's quite a difficult position for a country to be in, yeah. right? Like you can't be, they want to be partly switched on mm. maybe and yeah. try and retain control. Yeah. So.
0: And that's exactly what China is like at the moment. This is what I tell my year 12s. Um, the, the the door, the open door policy came in the late 70s. The door is open, but not fully, yeah. if that makes sense. Right, it's yeah, not yeah, open yeah. fully to the, mm-hmm. the world. Um, so they do limit... The, amount of, the type and amount of media that comes in from uh, abroad. Um, and we term that glocalisation, uh, where they limit different types of media from coming into a certain country. And if media is allowed in from another country, it is adapted to that uh, tailor that market. So China, for example, uh, Disney have made films which are aimed more at the Chinese market. Um, So films like Mulan, for example. Um, And I'm not an expert when it comes to films, I should say. So (laughs) I'm not going to go stray any further. But there's other things as well that we touch on. So the consequences of globalisation on the environment, the fact that demand is increasing for so many different things, food, water, Mm -hmm. energy, uh, products. uh, And that's going to have serious consequences in in the coming decades because there's eight Billion people in this world we can't all aspire to that western lifestyle Mm. there's only one planet we we can't cater to everyone yeah Yeah. um and yeah there's definitely other links that could be made there as well but I think I'll sort of save those for later in the conversation sure Sure. can
1: I just check in with you like all of that sounds quite like difficult stuff like quite negative negative. Is that generally the, like? Do you see?
0: Yeah, it, it's a positive I mean, side. We, we, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we all we we tend to look at things critically, regardless of what we look at in yeah. geography. Yeah, um, and there have been positives that have been brought about by it. So the spread of that Western culture uh, has enabled. In some cases, people to uh, achieve a, a better standard of living, right? Sure. Um, and it's also brought about more equalities in societies, perhaps that didn't previously yeah. have them. Um, and there's other there's other things as well. Yeah. So the role of transnational corporations, the fact that they are branching out into new markets, mm-hmm. bringing uh, employment and investment, therefore creating jobs and like and a sort of standardisation
1: in a way, isn't it? Sort of the more, yeah. Okay. Great interesting yeah kind of skipping ahead there because there are so many links I think um right so that brings us on to
3: yeah i was so glad I went third because yeah. now I've got loads of stuff to say <laughs> yeah of um no globalization has become massive in sociology I mean right. the students that would have sat there AQA exam this year have all answered two questions based solely around globalization right they they really want them to know it mm-hmm. um it's, it sort of permeates throughout the whole subject so we do it as part of postmodern TV. Th- you cover that in media don't you? We so do yeah, yeah we cover this idea that the world has become this kind of new place where we do take our identity not from being female or being working class but mm. from a global perspective and take bits and pieces from all over the world to shape who we are yeah. which I thought sort of linked nicely to what you were saying about diet and mm. how we want to live our lives has come from all over the world and uh you know, in terms of sort of families and households, we would look at childhood and the ideas, the Western ideas of childhood being spread across the world and whether that's a positive or negative thing, really. Um, and, you know, some places don't like us trying to force our idea on how so children interesting.
1: should live. So there's a, a feature-length documentary called Babies, I've forgotten who made it, which is doesn't have any, like, voice of God narration, anything like that, but literally just shows you observational footage of kind of babies <laughs> in um different countries around the world these different approaches to nurturing um i can't remember where it was somewhere they just leave a little baby like in a yurt yeah 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 just with some animals the, and a fee tribe is sort that? of off they pop to yeah. do the, the hunting or, or whatever um you know skip to japan and they're going to lots of groups with their baby you know that's so so different <laughs> so yeah yeah
3: it's it's incredible um So we talk about it in education, talking about the fact that with education becoming more privatised, that companies like Disney, again, are involved in our education system and provide a lot of our schemes of work, etc. People don't know that it's coming from Disney. Mm -hmm. And the fact that actually English education is being sold around the world. People want our model of education as well. Uh, So it permeates throughout. And talking about the sort of crops and things, we look at the dark side of that, I guess, because in Crime and Deviance, we look at the fact that because as Westerners, we demand so much, that Mm -hmm. criminals make a killing out of that because the the demand is there. They've got the supply, so they do it in all these dodgy ways and get that need over to us.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I guess, um, not that I know anything about this, but there must be globalisation of like basically the black market as well like my my mind is going to like drug supply and yeah and so on, and there's yeah, absolutely. a absolutely
3: and and the interesting thing about that is that globalization has helped increase that in the same way that it's helped increase legitimate businesses they're all using the same methods yeah so you're using that term global we use it in terms of crime that idea that there's a big crime boss somewhere you don't know, even know who he is but he's got men on the ground who know the local area and what crime is best in that area. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a local approach.
2: Which will then fall back onto our NHS because they'll be coping with the demands of the drugs that are coming in and the effects of that on the people yeah. of our nation yeah, yeah, because it is readily available. So, yeah, you know, everything is going to have a knock-on effect, isn't it? the good medicines that we can share across the world are also going to be the bad medicines that are shared across the world, like you've just said there.
3: In exactly the same way, yeah. And in terms of businesses and stuff, like the globalisation has opened up that market, hasn't it, where you can have your factory in a developing country and not bother to follow any of the health and safety laws. Yeah. Yeah. And so Right.
1: Which is um, Yeah, and it's the information so I'm somebody that has tried to shop ethically um certainly i felt more able to do that before hashtag cost of living crisis and but i've tried to shop ethically in um for a variety of products i've actually found it very tricky to just get hold of the information and actually there isn't a great standardization there and just because there's a certain logo when you look into it doesn't actually mean you know what i would call (laughs) um you know ethical so actually yeah, I, I just found it really frustrating trying to shop ethical. Like, you know, even for something like bananas, and then let mm-hmm. alone something like mm-hmm. yeah. clothes. <laughs> you know, clothes—you've got where is the the actual material from? Like, yeah. right? where is it grown, or where is it processed? Who is putting that garment together? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I've actually, this is,
0: ca- this is something we look at. In fact, I've literally just taught my year twelve groups ethical consumerism. Uh, it's, oh, great. it's been a gro- <laughs> it's been a growing trend uh, over the last couple of decades. Very much in the developed world, um, but as you say, with the cost of living, it is it's very difficult, you know, for people financially, yep. and also again, you make a really good point. When we looked at it, sort of to evaluate its effectiveness, uh, one of the points that was made was that it is not easy to shop for products ethically because there is, as you say again, no standardisation. There's no single mark that tells you this is ethically produced and what does that even mean yeah. really what does to be ethically produced actually mean is it the people who make the goods is it the way that it's transported is it the way that it's sold is it is it the company h- and how it treats its people in the place that you're buying it from you know there's so many things that come into it and so we sort of concluded that yes it's on the rise and it's been squeezed recently but Ultimately, it's very, very difficult Mm -hmm. to shop ethically.
1: I concluded that the best method of shopping ethically was actually just to shop secondhand. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that Mm. way it's a form of recycling and I've not got to worry about all all of the things that, you you know, you've just mentioned. Um, It is
3: interesting that 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 idea of being more ethical has taken us back the way. So instead of, like, globalisation was all about progressing forward in the world, wasn't it? Yes. But we're sort of stepping back. I mean, I've got friends that, because they want to, eat ethically they're now just growing their own food yeah
1: I wonder if at this point it seems a bit topsy-turvy I should have maybe asked at the start like how would you define it uh, you know do you give a is there a definition in a way I sort of feel like what we're talking about is the constant advancement and there are you know more everything is connected and it's quite hard for almost you know, theory or textbooks to kind of keep up with a sub- topic like globalization. But yeah, I wonder if anyone's brave enough to leap in with a some sort of definition that we I, could I build would, on. I would
0: leap in, but. <laughs> I can't remember what the definition is in the textbook. <laughs> so if any of my Year 12s are listening to this, I'm very sorry. I do know what I'm talking about. I just can't remember what the actual definition... We do have a, like a one-sentence definition of what it is in geography. Right. Um, it's the, I believe it's something along the lines of the growing interconnectedness of the world yep. and uh, trade and transport. But I'm sort of clutching at straws a little yeah, bit yeah, there. Yeah. But that's broadly what we would define it as.
3: I think that's our sort of textbook definition as well although mm. I feel like more it's like culture permeating borders isn't it it's mm-hmm. sort of beyond just trade now and in, we, yeah, business, and we isn't it? yeah
0: and we do delve into culture a lot uh, when it comes to globalization um, and that obviously has links to other things as, as well uh, but yeah mainly the spread of that western culture uh, across the world uh, it's funny because when I went to so I'm a geography teacher I'm going to have to talk about where I've traveled um, <laughs> when, I, when I went to Thailand a few years ago I was shocked at how western it felt mm-hmm. um, being on the other side of the world you associate it with being with being very alien, um, being a different yeah. type of culture I there were shops there and chains that we have in the UK mm-hmm. and in the US there were 7-Elevens which we don't have here but in the US are very prominent, there was a Tesco uh, and not just there, in Hong Kong as well where I went, mm-hmm. so you can really see the spread of brands as well as, as culture because it, it wasn't just what you saw, it was how it felt, yeah. and it felt Western. Yeah, well, that's um, funny. You're and it's very that. difficult to put your finger on what that is, but it, it mm-hmm. didn't feel like I expected it to. It felt very developed. Mm. It felt very connected. Um, whereas when I went to Vietnam, that was very different. That was they were a lot further behind. You could tell. Yeah, and there were no there weren't any global brands that I could identify, um, and it just felt a lot less developed.
1: And so, did that feel like a more valuable? Can't speak, valuable experience for you to then going to Vietnam, which was more other as opposed to yeah, very connected.
0: It, it's, it's funny because when I, I mean, I, I took a lot of video and pictures when I was there. And when I showed my family, I remember my dad saying to me, Oh, I got a much better feel for what Vietnam was like as mm-hmm. a place, you know, as a place that it has its own distinct culture, whereas Thailand, not so much. Mm. Um, so potentially, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well that's interesting because um, a few years ago and I know I'm going to uh, talk about Jamie Oliver but I'm doing it in the right way because Jamie Oliver did a program which was one of the instigators for the sugar tax to try looking at diet for people and that's something we've looked at within um, health and social care because um, he visited countries like Mexico and countries are, that you would not have thought that America had got such a hold upon it and had gone into um, local tribe area where there's a a tribe of people but coca-cola as a brand had got into this area and so when you approached the um small village the entrance to it was completely branded with coca-cola and fanta because they paid for the sign to go there and then when he went around it they hadn't had any cases of diabetes in many many years until this branding like you said of globalization Mm, suddenly took over and he goes and shows you um uh, we, when you watch it you just can't believe that these people have been so suckered in to it because they're breastfeeding their children then they're literally taking them off the breast and then to give them something to drink rather than water they give them coke and he shows that where they're just drinking coke out of a baby's bottle oh and gosh. that they talk to the people they even have shrines in their homes that offer coke to in their religion part they now give them coca cola and when you watch it you just think I cannot believe this is actually happening yeah. But everywhere you go is is branded. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the chairs are all red and white and it's just been done. They've just took over. So that's part, that, that's the whole part of it that mm. is so wrong on so many levels um, because they don't have the treatment for diabetes. And that's why he was highlighting it, talking about sugar in general um, and what that is like for our diets. But that, was, that blew my mind, it really yeah, did. Yeah,
1: really interesting, like levels of awareness yeah. of what's going on. Um, I mean, that's not a good thing. So I'm going to bring in my own travel well I lived in Poland for a year after I after I graduated I have to give things away now it was a while ago (laughs) (laughs) so it was a really interesting time to be in Poland Uh, when was it I guess about like 2000 2001 Um, and my goodness that was interesting so it was really like a split identity Uh, I was in the capital in Warsaw and so you did have like McDonald's I remember there being an excitement about a Tesco maybe. And so there was this kind of part of Poland that was really, oh, this is great, you know, like Europe, westernisation, consumerism, like branding. And then, but also a real groundswell of resistance against that. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just really uh, felt so split. (laughs) Um, So that is quite painful, I think, isn't it? That kind of Mm. um, transition. I feel like I want to Bring in. uh, i'm aware we've not probably got loads of time left maybe a little bit of the positives there so for example we have touched on culture a little bit
3: well that's something i was going to say when alex was talking about the western culture spreading i think we're unaware of how much of the eastern culture comes over here as well i mean it's part of the religion topic that we teach we are talking about the fact that you know there are many many buddhists in britain now and Mm -hmm. people wouldn't have known about buddhism Mm -hmm. had we not been able to travel easier Mm. had we not had the internet and tv we wouldn't we wouldn't know about Buddhism mm. but it's brought a lot of good to people's lives
1: yeah um i, I think for me as well i mean even thinking about um something like disney and believe me we teach a lot about the sort of negatives of that homogenization and the fact that basically disney do own everything now even when you think you've not watched something that had anything to do with disney they probably did um but you know representation is something we would talk about um and um although it is um uh, kind of tricky in some countries you know for me that representation of um you know as a gay person of, of lgbtq identities that's a thing in terms of globalisation that I think is still having a real impact um, and effect um, and an opening discussion and, and so on. So I think that communication, that awareness, that representation is um, a real uh, sort of positive... We use the term proto-communities in media, so this idea of communities not being um, tied to geographical location, essentially, that you can connect with like-minded people and, and build those communities across global barriers is is quite big
3: i think it does offer you more choice doesn't it Mm -hmm. generally just shows you that there are more options
1: yeah Uh, i guess unless if you're in a a switched off
0: yeah well uh, country yeah and that's and that's why we again that's why we talk about it looking at that contrast you know countries like north korea uh, i mean some countries are switched off because of political choices that have been made but also don't forget some countries are switched off because of their physical geography as well um so you know we've seen this as i said in the past with countries like china uh you know having been to vietnam it it does strike me as one of those countries that is still opening up to Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. um but as you say people aren't necessarily tied to a country now they don't may mm-hmm. not identify what was it the communities a proto-community
1: yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah i can't remember that word now but um yeah i can definitely see that you know that the the fact we have the internet now and people talk to each other mm-hmm. from across the world instantly mm-hmm. um makes it so much easier to identify with with other uh with other cultures and Like-minded other people, people. I mean, yeah yeah I'm, I'm I'm sure she'll forgive me for saying this but well hopefully my my sister's had, Two boyfriends from Norway.
1: Oh,
0: so it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, she's gonna, she's gonna hate me now. I've said that on, on her, no, and but I think it just shows how yeah. connected we are, yeah. and how those relationships can be formed, and you know when you know when they eventually meet, you know those cultural differences, which are, which you know we learn about in the language and everything. Yeah.
1: So to sort of bookend this a little bit, uh, I sort of that makes me think to bring back round to the pandemic, and kind of how fragile all, all of that like I don't know like in some ways obviously we all hopped on Zoom and that connection was still there equally was that pandemic response particularly coordinated did we just sort of splinter off into quite separate sort of national responses like for me there were quite like mixed messages about the state of globalisation in sort of through a pandemic lens really I don't know you know what do you think Miss Anderson I know you Um, you were saying earlier about it
2: I think again even though we are in a country where we think we don't have big brother (laughs) we obviously do because there's elements of what you're seeing on social media and then what we're being told Mm -hmm. so that's the conflict that came about with COVID wasn't it we're being told one thing through our government but then we're seeing something very different that's happening in another country so ways maybe to say how that was managed and how you were all this information was coming together um started to make people um, hostile somewhere you know we had all the anti um, for me we'll talk about vaccinations and immunizations is quite a big part of health and social care they do a whole unit around public health and um, so again the, the, the topical part is now with covid because that's a unit our um, current year 12s are doing and they'll look at public health across the world and then try and narrow that down but most of them have gone down this route of um, vaccination programs and the anti vaccination because you were getting this influx from the usa where you were being told oh no don't do it. Don't do it, but actually, globalization behind that, somebody was making lots of money. Some country was making lots of money producing those vaccines, um, to get them across here in the first place. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, very interesting. On um, who was making the most money out of COVID That's and globalization? Yeah, <laughs> <to lend laughs> well, somebody was making lots of money from that.
1: I mean, globalization it's happening. We can't just halt it. Um, I think we've covered sort of some positives and negatives. Do we have any sort of aspirations, some hopes for the future or ways that we can sort of harness that power of globalisation for good? (laughs) You know, I was
3: talking about this with Mr. Mayor just before he came up here, actually. and, And we were saying, you know, I wonder, because it's been such a fast move forward with globalization where their countries are starting to actually retreat a bit and want to keep their culture a bit more mm-hmm. and so we're sort of seeing less people interfering with each other's business yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, it's things like the usa not particularly patrolling the wars and things like that anymore because they're sort of looking after their own and people are yeah. sort of doing that a bit more retreating do you think
1: it's um i think people are too
3: scared by how quick it's moved and so yeah. there's a bit of
1: a retreat and maybe maybe now's a bit of a time for reflection. You know, like people are sort of thinking, ah, how do we respond to it? In a similar way to, for example, the explosion of social media. I mean, that has been a massive driver of, <laughs> of globalisation. All of a sudden, mm, are we a news outlet? Should we have some sort of editorial control here? Should there be some sort of regulation? Um, people are only just and companies are only just sort of catching up with that, really. Uh, Mr. Thurgood, any hopes for the future (laughs) with globalisation? (laughs) How do you think it could be harnessed in a positive?
0: I I think that the spread of certain cultures is a positive. Yeah. So the spread of that Western culture does have positive aspects to it. Although, you know, we're seeing now with the US, there's a rebellion against some of those uh, values. So things, you know, equality-wise, we've seen the challenges to gay marriage in the US we've seen the challenges to abortion rights as well Mm -hmm. they they outlawed it didn't they across the whole country and I think it still is outlawed across the the whole country Um, so for me it's it's difficult to be there are positive positive aspects in that sense unfortunately when it comes to resource use and Mm -hmm. how it seems like everyone in the world wants that western lifestyle or a lot of people do I can't see by the next decade how we're going to sustain ourselves no. as a planet. No. We have 8 billion people. by that point 9 billion, potentially more. There's already too many people in the world mm-hmm. and not enough resources. Mm-hmm. So what on earth is it going to be like mm-hmm. when I'm old, when yeah. I'm in my yeah. 70s or 80s? What is the world going to be like then? It- Who, you know, who's going to be competing for what resources? Mm-hmm. And I say this to my students sometimes and I scare them a bit. I say so I really worry when you grow up and I grow up, what the world is going to be like? Yep. Because globalization has meant that everybody, or a lot of people, want everything. Yeah, they want those goods. They want food, energy, water. We can't provide it, and at some point, we're going to reach a slow tipping point. But we won't know when that is because it will be a gradual decline. And I think only once we've really gone down that slide will be realised that
1: in retrospect, in, yeah. Re- in retrospect,
0: yeah. yeah that things have gone wrong Mm. and we cannot sustain ourselves. But I don't want to end it on a negative note like that. (laughs) (laughs) I do do think it can be harnessed for good. You know, countries, their development is often tied to globalisation, you know, pulling up people's quality of life. China has pulled 300 million people out of poverty, partly Mm. due to its open door policy. So there are positives, massive positives. But... In terms of resource use which we focus on a lot in geography it's very difficult to, uh, to be positive it, what
1: what i feel is a real frustration we've talked about how interconnected all of this is you know immediately it's very hard to separate out globalization in these subjects because they're so interconnected and yet Uh, we can't all get on the same page globally about um, targets for climate change and you know significant changes in how we allocate or uh, come up with results you know it's like that just isn't having the the impact is it it's it's frustrating um I, i mean i do feel with that partly that um perhaps that kind of behavior change it just can't come from the top down and i would kind of put a, a sort of shout out for almost sort of consumer power that and sort of change, maybe more grassroots change, how important that is actually, because unless you've got um, that sort of pressure from consumers and from um, voting people, <laughs> um, then it's maybe not, not going to happen. Uh, and I guess the positive from that is that that kind of grassroots stuff um, can very much be um, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's kind of activated, really, um, through that global communication that we're talking about, because there are so many ways that you can connect um, to give a positive for social media. It has been a an amazing thing to mobilise uh, protest <laughs> in uh, countries where that is really difficult, <laughs> you know, to do that, even just on a practical level of when and where is this happening, and that communication, so... Um, Uh, so yeah maybe we can flip it flip it on its head right uh, miss anderson positives i was going to say that (laughs)
2: is very good positive there are plenty of positives within um the health industry aren't there so i've mentioned some at the beginning of the um, podcast but um things like our kind of westernized countries obviously have um, access to far better medical treatment so you've got that traveling of where we can offer that service so we bring in people from other countries to get that treatment we are able to offer that so mm-hmm. i mean that happens probably a lot more um than we know about it but we do lots of sharing of um statistics of um, illnesses and conditions that might be in our country but they might be a lot worse somewhere else so we're gaining knowledge from it sounds really backward like like you said about going back in time but some of the poorer countries have different medical conditions that we've got rid of but of course they do come back and so there's sort of um, technology and um, looking into that and tests and um, treatments that can be, um, you know, gained from looking at those statistics, and um, eventually they help everybody across the world. So, yeah. you know, there's lots of good positives there. And as I've said, if you're thinking um, on the the down scale of um, bringing it back down to young people, they have lots of opportunities to travel the world in the health industry to do good. To go and do that as yeah. a um, as part of your traveling, you can go off and support something simple like hand washing and how to look at good hygiene practices in some other poorer countries in the world and offer your mm-hmm. services through red cross or other organizations that do that so there's some lots of positives there as well i'm thinking about students and things they might want to do in their future i know some university courses offer offer that too where you can go off and do like a um a work experience as part of the courses you might do down the social science route where you can go mm-hmm. and um, give your services in that way to do that. So that's a little positive.
1: And I, I really advocate that.
2: Yeah, To definitely. end on a
1: bit of a media note, you know, although you think you might be seeing a representation of something until you actually go there, until you're on the ground... You don't have that experience, I don't think. Although we could then get back round into uh, how do you get there, i.e. your carbon footprint of your flight. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) let's not Um. go into that. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's just increasing our education, isn't it? It's just increasing our knowledge, being able to go and and find out about places. But I would give
0: one more positive, because I feel like I've been a bit overly negative (laughs) when it comes to globalisation. Um, It has enabled people to travel. I wouldn't have been able to travel to almost any of the places that I've been to and it's something I love doing. So, you know, young people, if you're listening, which I hope you are, go out and travel. Exactly. See places, do things, yep. experience oh, 100%, cultures. yeah. You know, even if it's just for a few days and you've mm-hmm. got a few quid, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, my flight to Denmark in April was £29 return. So oh just gosh. do it, you know. Yep. It's a new, yep. it's a different culture, it's somewhere new. And that's really a positive for me that I would end on, personally, yep. is we can now see the world yep. and all it has to offer.
1: Yeah, for yourself, yeah. Great, brilliant note to end on. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for Thank this you. for this Thank chat. You. It's been an absolute pleasure and um a fantastic way to kick off the recording for Cross Cut.